hey, how you doing? You want to see me school an ambassador? Watch this. I want to bring in former U.S. ambassador to Mexico, Earl Anthony Wayne, 2011 to 2015, and Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, host of the No BS News Hour, Charlie Leduff. A lot of time at the border, knows what's going on. Thank you both gentlemen. Uh, Mr. Ambassador, uh, the point of going down there, what do you think the president um, succeeded in, in going down there? Well, I think he hadn't gone there before, so the, just being there was an important sign. And this was accompanied by his announcements last week that he wants to move to a new system for trying to create legal pathways, just as you mentioned, for people to come from a number of these countries that are big source countries. And then you have the big positives of the trade growth that's been going on. A lot of trade is moving across that Mexican border and the border with Canada. Okay. Charlie, do you see it that way? I guess. Well, it's theater, but what does it accomplish, Ambassador? Uh, I'm, I'm up here in Detroit. The trade we see going down is the good jobs. The factory jobs, the electric vehicle jobs, what's coming up here is cheap labor. And you know for sure, because you're close to these people, part of the reason for letting the labor in is to suppress wages in the United States because of the inflationary pressure on wages. So if you import cheap labor, you lower the wages for what's left in America. And then pretty soon, what do we have? People here competing for less money and the good old fashioned Detroit jobs over there. Explain that one to us up here, please. Respond, Mr. Ambassador. Okay, I'm happy to do that. Yes, well, the facts show that, in fact, trade with both Mexico and Canada have created more high-level, high-paying jobs in the United States. It is true that some jobs have moved to Mexico. Unless we work together, unless we invest in the United States and work with our neighbors, we're not going to be as competitive against China as we could be and against other places in the world that are, are great manufacturing powers. You know, 40% of a car put together in Mexico is from the United States. We send those parts down there, they get put together, they come back. That is cheaper for the American consumer, maybe $1,000, maybe $1,500 for that car when it comes back up. Now, it does create, there are jobs created in the United States. All the design of that new technology, all the creation of that high tech is taking place in the U.S. What that means but that's is we always have to invest here, in our workers. Hold on, Ambassador Charlie, what's the NAFTA did not in any NAFTA did not in any way create any high tech jobs. High tech created high tech jobs. Americans have always designed the cars. You just said that 60% of the parts that go into a car are in Mexico and the assemblage goes on in Mexico. That used to go on here and I have no idea what you're talking about, what Haiti has to do with this, what Venezuela has to do with this, what Nicaragua has to do with this, and what Cuba has to do with this. This was a manufactured visit. It was stage theater in a parking lot, sir. You know it, I know it, and it'll do nothing to stop fentanyl and it'll do nothing to stop the flow because this proposal he put forward only invites people in, 30,000 get to come in, from these four countries, 30,000 will be ejected, and there's fully another 30,000 that we don't know what to do with from these countries, and the other 150,000. I agree, free trade, it's out of the bag, that's the way it is, you talk about China, we created them too, and Trudeau is down there in Mexico City, as we speak, lobbying Biden to take back 
all refugees that cross his border from the United States. That is true, sir, is it not? Well, I think we have to look at the whole agenda that they're working on and not just pick one little part of a visit. We do need to work with these neighbors if we're going to compete effectively against China and others in the world. That's what this is about. The migration problem you. is a big problem. It's going to take a while. Mr. Ambassador, I appreciate your indulgence of the conversation. Charlie, I love you in high dudgeon, brother. I love you in high dudgeon. When your arms are folded, I'm a happy man. We'll keep talking about this. We'll go down there. <laughs> Charlie Leduff has done the work. He's one, he is one of the real journalists in this country who will show you the risk and the fear and the danger that may push us to make leaders do something apparently they don't want to do. Gentlemen, thank you both very much. Coming up... Live downtown Detroit, it's no PS News Hour with my main man, Na 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 Just a break it Double bullshit Double bullshit Now What you just saw there is the profession of politics is inhabited by people too ugly for a career of stage and screen. Professional adult pretenders, side talkers. The latest proof played out in the no man's land known as the southwestern border this week. Before arriving in Mexico City to meet with President Andres López Obrador and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, President Joe Biden made a theatrical stop to Texas. The streets were conspicuously sanitized. Believe me when I tell you El Paso never looked so clean. The fact-finding mission came just days after the Mexican military captured Olvidio the Rat Guzman, son of Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, and heir to the Sinaloa cartel crime syndicate. Joe wanted something done about the avalanche of fentanyl pouring across the border since the Republicans were bitching about it and making it a scene before he arrived for his four-hour photo op in El Paso. And listo, Guzman the rat is in a cage. It was a remarkable bit of stagecraft from Mexico. Raging gun battles, burning school buses, child soldiers, and the rat taken into custody, dressed in a crisp Oxford and a clean ball cap. But don't be fooled into thinking there's a new era of cooperation in the NAFTA block because the tentacles of the cartel reach to the very top of Mexican government. Consider, Olvidio Guzman was captured back in 2019 only to be ordered released by Obrador in the name of peace and safety now dissolve into 2021. General Salvador Cienfuegos, the former Mexican defense minister who had been arrested at LAX and accused by American authorities of accepting bribes from drug cartels, was returned to Mexican officials who promised to prosecute him. But we're talking about Mexico. And Cienfuegos, known as El Padrino, the Godfather, was never put on trial. In fact, he was cleared of all charges and released, and his whereabouts are unknown. Then there is Hernaro Garcia Luna, the former director of the Mexican equivalent of the FBI. His job? Hunt 
top drug lords and their lieutenants. What's Garcia doing now? He's in U.S. federal court in Brooklyn, accused of protecting cocaine smugglers in Mexico. I kid you not. Now, not to be outdone, Mexico's former president before Obrador, his name's Enrico Nieto, Nieto Peña. He was fingered by a federal witness, a Colombian drug boss, in court, claiming that he saw Nieto accept a $100 million bribe from El Chapo. Mexico is a failed state, and the cartels have expanded into the lucrative trade of human smuggling, estimated to earn them $15 billion last year alone. Mexico has shown little willingness to help with this human tragedy. And why would they? Biden's El Paso performance was weak and unconvincing. A drive-by filmed on a soundstage. Border Patrol agents, who will join us? in a moment, complained that Biden avoided the hotspots of migrants that even the most casual tourists could find in El Paso. Biden played the role of both humanist and the hardliner. Under his new plan, as you just heard me tell the ambassador, 30,000 people from Haiti, Nicaragua, Cuba, and Venezuela will be allowed in the United States every month under something called humanitarian parole, which never existed at this level or for this reason ever. It's against the law. Under the same Biden plan, Mexico has agreed to take back 30,000 people from these countries who enter the United States illegally. Now again, you heard it. This still leaves an additional 30,000 people from these countries who jump the border every month. What happens to them? Nada. So how does this affect you who lives up here on the northern border? The White House says it wants to allow more of these immigrants who are drifting in limbo to enter the United States to increase labor supply and thus lower wage inflation. That's part of the administration's immigration reform strategy. Want the translation? Because I speak gobbledy bullshit. Please. We get the poor. And the poor get work while our bread and butter jobs in the industrial Midwest, auto jobs, Detroit, auto jobs, Indiana, auto jobs, Ohio. They will continue to migrate to Mexico where labor is cheap and profits are fat. This is the facts. This is the White House. This isn't me. Now, you might think where I'm at with this. Here's where I'm at with this. Immigrants make this country stronger, a fresh injection of blood and culture and family. It makes us better. But at this magnitude, we are up, we up here are ticket holders to a soft core comedy where the rich get richer and the poor get children. And that's the way that goes. And I'd like to welcome in Karen Dumas and Chris Cabrera, the vice president of the National Border Patrol Council. How you doing, folks? Hey, Charlie. <laughs> I'm doing well. That was a good good exchange with that ambassador. What's that, Karen? That was a great exchange with the ambassador. This fucking I mean, pinhead. He's still yeah. using those talking points from 94. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> now, you know, good. you're a Detroiter, Karen. Do you think any of us in Michigan, if we had a crystal ball, and the NAFTA vote 
would be tomorrow. Would we go for it? No. Did China work for us? No. Don't you find none it? Of, none of it's worked for us, Charlie. I mean, it hasn't. And at some point, just like, you know, the ambassador was saying, I mean, it's just, it becomes just repetitious gobbledygook. Like it has no substance. It has no meaning. And at the end of the day, we aren't stupid. Yeah. Hey, Chris, you know, I couldn't believe it, dude. Like I know ambassadors, I've interviewed them, but I've never been like on a panel where, you know, I don't control the questioning and it just something went off in my head. Like, what am I here? Oh my God. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes you gotta, you gotta hit him like that. You know, I mean, he was just used to, well, I mean, he's a politician. He's just used to giving you the runaround, not giving you uh, the answer to your question. And, you know, it was, it was, plainly obvious what he was saying well you got to look at the whole picture and not just one part of it well why can't you just look at one part of it why can't you look at one part of it look at all the parts individually and then look at it as a whole because that doesn't benefit his way of uh, uh beating around the bush well let me do this let's look at one part of it you again are the vice president of the national border patrol council which is the union that represents border patrol agents uh, you're an honest broker cool dude uh not a hater Let's look at one part of it. What did you make of Biden's trip to El Paso and the streets being clean and the fact that he, he didn't see any migrants? Well, it was a dog. We call it the dog and pony show. I mean, they saw it. They, he saw what they wanted him to see. He fell right into it, which is good with him, good for him because, I mean, how, I mean, the city of El Paso failed miserably. How is the city going to say, we need you to reimburse us for all this money that we spent dealing with these illegal immigrants that are coming here. And then he goes there and says, well, what illegal immigrants? I don't see anybody. So the city of El Paso cleaning it up, they failed miserably. The Border Patrol uh, management having them uh, help clean out the city of El Paso so he doesn't see anything, they failed miserably. Now, so you have the people that are denying that there's a, a border issue. We just prove their point for them. Can you, you know? tell us? I mean, how are you going to get any help down there if, if, if there's no problem? Can you tell us how it got cleaned up? Like, you know, specifically, like what happened? I mean, because the streets. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the specifics of there, but I've seen it happen here uh, uh, more more often than not. When there's uh, some some big week coming into town, they start releasing people or busing them to different sectors for processing. So wherever those people were in, in El Paso, they just moved them to a neighboring sector or neighboring stations. So he wasn't going they're, they're controlling where he goes. We had a senator come down years and years ago that the Border Patrol was giving this guy a ride along. And he was smart enough to say, OK, where are you taking me? We're taking you to this part. OK, once he gets there, he says, OK, now take me the other direction. And they go down the other direction and it's just a mess over there. And then the spot they showed him, there was assets out there. There's helicopters, boats, uh, ATVs. The other side where they didn't want him to see, that's where they moved everything in from. And so if if the Border Patrol is taking you on one of these control tours, you just need to ask, OK, what's over there? What's beyond that hill? And, and you'll see what the, where the true stuff is. Or, or you come in unannounced, but you announce it, they're going to clean it up for you. I was leaving some room in there, Karen, but I, I'm, I want to ask this before I forget. So the, the president talks about four specific countries venezuela cuba haiti and nicaragua we're going to let thirty thousand in if they do it the right way and they apply and they have a sponsor and mexico will take up to thirty thousand people that don't do it the right way 
and we still have another 30,000 people just from these four countries alone every month. In this week, since this plan has been floated out there, have you seen any lessening of the flow at the border, particularly from these countries or in general, all people? Are the numbers about the same? Are they less? Are they more? Yeah, our numbers have dropped a little bit in the last week or two. Um, I don't know if it had anything to do with Mexico cracking down because of the presidential visits or what. They started to pick up again last night. I would imagine today, tomorrow, they'll be close to getting back to normal. But, you know, sending sending 30,000 people back when we're seeing 300,000 a month, that, that's really not doing much for us. And if you look back two years ago, you know, 20, 30,000 was what one month period would bring us across the southwestern border. So it's kind of it's not really enough right now. That's deep. Um, I was going somewhere with that and I forgot what it was because I realized I'm getting older now and I think the brain's starting to slip. <laughs> I you know, I, 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 I forget words so. and shit. I don't think your brain's it's not, slipping. It's not age, Charlie. It's not age. <laughs> but let me ask you this. If more reporters or journalists, if you will, were to do what you did, Charlie, and to go down and actually you know, talk to the people, see what's going on there in a realistic capacity and share that story, wouldn't that be a blatant counter to the uh, presentation that was done around and as a result of the presidential visit? Well, you know, it's the the reason to go there, the reason to have um, Chris on, the reason to be on Chris's program to talk to the ambassador. I was thinking about that. I'm older now, and I, I, you know, like I said, I crossed with the Sinaloa cartel many, two decades ago, and uh, I'm now at the point, I, look, I, I'm not of the high class, I, you know, I didn't go to Harvard, I, nobody in my family's getting me a job at J.P. Morgan Chase, I don't uh, have any relations that are ambassadors, but I was taught to read and uh, add and write in public schools. And I know what I know. I know what I see. And I'm not afraid. And that wasn't rehearsed. This stuff's in my brain. And it's the truth. And for anybody to think, oh, yeah, you're just afraid of the brown horde and the, the replacement. There. No, no, not at all, man. I, I, I care about how these people are being treated. I care about what you're doing with the... Uh, I'm, here's Chris. Chris is a bad motherfucker. Can you, I get this echo turned down? Thank you. Talk to Chris about the life he lives, about like what this 50-mile swath, you know, you look at that border, 25 miles. It, Chris, it's, it's like a wild no-man's land. I mean, like, you know, I don't want to call you a cowboy, but an, it's just an un, unimaginable, unbelievable life you're living. It, this is, people can't believe this. They watch TV shows. They can't believe this. Yeah, I tell people it's like being a kid again. I just get better toys, you know. I mean, I get to go out there and, and play every day, you know. I uh, get to go four-wheeling, you know, play in the dirt and chase people. It's like hide-and-go-seek. Um, but, you know, there is an element of danger to it. You know, we, we've had some deaths here in the in the not-too-distant past. And, uh, you know, it, it's just like any typical law enforcement job. There, There's always that element uh, there and you know, people with guns coming across, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't want to believe that it's happening. And, and you can have, unless you have both, unless you have, I can't say both sides of the aisle looking into it. I, I think what you need is we need to get back to unbiased news, whether it's 
um, on the right side or on the left side, that that shouldn't apply to the news. Democrat and Republicans should have nothing to do with the news. They should just so fuck kinda, off. Yeah, it, it needs to be. It used to be, hey, this is what happened today in world news. And now it's like, well, this is why I think this happened today. It's got nothing to do with what anybody thinks. Just tell us what happened and let us make our, our own decision. But if you have one side, one group of it trying to say that there's nothing going on, then the people that are tuned into that believe that there's nothing going on. What they see is reality to them. And until these these people in, in some news organizations, not all of them, but some new news organizations just get back to the basics and this is what happened. Then maybe we'll start to see a change. But I think that's the biggest downfall right now because that's our, our source of information. Chris, I don't know how you do it because it feels or it seems really exhausting with all the different facets you have to deal with. Um, what, what, what exhausts you the most? Is it the actual uh, people coming over? Is it dealing with the press? Is it getting resources for your uh, union? Like what, what, what wears on you the most? The, you know, the thing that wears on me the most, I try to not let anything get to me, but the one thing that does uh, get to me is, is these kids, seeing what happens to these kids. Um, even if nothing happens to these kids, seeing these kids travel great distances by themselves. The other day I had a, an 11 and 12-year-old girl that the, the 12-year-old was having respiratory distress. Yeah. So I'm also, as a Border Patrol agent, I'm also a, a certified EMT. So I got called over to help her out. And, you know, I got her feeling good and, you know, gave her some oxygen and she was good. And uh, come talking to her and her sister, they had been walking for three and a half months alone, wow. um, you know, with with different smuggling groups. But how alone, old? How old were they? 11 and 12. Fuck. And, and her, the parents were already here. The parents were already in uh, Baltimore. Can I throw this in? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why. Because w w what Mexico did just just around election time and it came the law came into effect when biden took office which mexico will no longer accept deported children or families knowing yeah. this children and families came and that's when it started yeah they when when trump had to remain in mexico it was for everybody and then Biden did away with it and then he tried to put it back in place and they said, okay, well, we'll take families with kids over a certain age, but not under a certain age. So these 11 and 12 year old girls fell into the, into the group that if they came with a parent, they would all get sent back. So the parent came by themselves and sent for the kids. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing groups of 11 year old girls, seven year old girls, eight year old kids coming in groups together without their parents who are already here. And any parent that puts their kid into that kind of journey alone doesn't deserve to have that kid back. But yet mm. we're giving them that kid back. Mm. And that's the one that gets me the most is these kids that, that have to go through this, even outside of any any type of issues that, you know, even if they got here and, and nothing was wrong with them. Just the fact that a, a, a 10 year old has to take a journey like that without their parent. That, that's what bothers me. Now, if, if I might. I mean, people people know the background of Karen and, and myself, and there's a point to be made here. You know, it, it all gets tied up in bullshit talking points and Twitter and, you know, calling each other out and racist and just boiling on each other. Noise. You, you are a Mexican-American. Is that correct, sir? That is correct. That means you're a Latin man. So, yes. 
Um, are uh, are you some racist or self hater? I mean, you know, I mean, you're chasing people from from Latin America. You understand what I'm saying? What I know about the border yeah. patrol is about probably seventy percent are of Latin heritage. Is that yeah. about right? So yeah, easy, yeah. So if you if you could, I mean, because it, it, everything's getting wrapped. Everybody's lying. I just mm -hmm. everybody's lying and looking for easy shit. And I, it's not about racism. It's not about fear. It's about order and, and where I'm coming from. I'm I'm wondering where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, it's I had uh, one of my wife's nieces a while back told me, um, you know, how could you do this to your own people? And I said, well, first off, you know, I, my own people. I mean, I, I was born here and, you know, I'm an American, you know, and, and yeah, you know, there are a lot of brown folks coming and. You know, but for the grace of God, I was born on this side, and who who knows? I probably, if I was born over there, I'd probably try and come across anyway. Because my man, you know. But at the same time, I tell people the way you do this job the right way is you do it with with uh, compassion. You do it with humanity and compassion. You treat everybody the way you want to. If if I I do it as as if my grandmother was watching me. Um, I, I'm I'm only going to act a certain way if my grandmother's watching me, and so I try and conduct myself accordingly, uh, especially when I'm doing my job. And you know, you treat everybody with dignity and respect until they give you a reason not to. Well, you know, I mean, some of my family pretty much chiseled on my grandma, you know, in the dying days. And uh, when yeah. I left, I, I got my grandpa's watch. That was it. So you understand there's all kinds of yeah, oh, yeah. people. In yeah, there. that's a terrible a thing. Family. I've seen that happen all too often. Yeah. So, yeah, that's in the end, there's 340 million of us and we all got to make decisions together. And it's got to America's becoming disordered. I'm not like, I got to wipe my ass 14 times on the right side, 13 times on the left side, you know, rinse my hand 20 times, knock on the light and go out. I'm not like all hung up like that. But when you got a massive society like this, there got to be rules. Got to be order. Yeah, there has to be. I mean, there has to be. It's just like at your house, you know, how do people come in through the front door? You know, everybody brings up this Ellis Island, bring me your tired, your weak, your huddled masses. Okay, I get that. But they all went to a certain spot before they came in. They just didn't come in all, you know, willy-nilly wherever they wanted to. There, there's rules. And if, if the first thing you do in our country is break the law, how can we expect you to do anything else the right way? You know, if you want to come in here, great. We need good people. We need hardworking people. We do. The country needs it. You know, and, and we Absolutely. see a lot of folks that are coming in that, that mean well. But not everybody meet, means well. Not everybody coming means Did you say well. Manuel? I mean, that's just... <laughs> um, well, that too. <laughs> you know, not everybody that comes in is, you know, it, it means to do white right by our country. You know, so we need to check who they are. And if, if you're coming in, you're, you you plan to do the right thing. You're hard work and you got a plan. Uh, hey, let's go. Let, let's do it. But if you just coming in here to create chaos and, and be a drain on things, well, we got a lot of those already, you know, homegrown born here. We don't need to import anymore. Is it so difficult for this country to put a process in place so that, you know, there is an orderly uh, manner by which they can come in and we can make sure that they are coming in under the right terms and conditions and under the right circumstances? Is that really too much to ask? I vote for Karen. You know, I don't I don't think it should be. You know, if this was a for profit company, you figured they'd have something worked out by now. I mean, just look at any drive through at Chick-fil-A, the, the efficiency they got going on there. But if that was run by the government, 
I mean, you'd never get through that damn line. And if, if the Border Patrol was a for-profit company, we would have been bankrupt years ago. They just, for some reason, they figure, not the Border Patrol, but the government in general, that, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll do it, but we need to create a study to do this and do that. This has been going on since 2013, and there's no end in sight. This I, man, just, I don't think there's any desire for them to fix this. You're talking about profit and whatnot. I mean, this is the White House's plan, not mine. Again, you can Google it. I actually talked to them. Y'all can Google it. Let's introduce some labor because we have excess jobs. The Fed's trying to get rid of excess jobs. Our jobs are going down there. Uh, the, the, the price of Mexican labor is half the price of Chinese labor when you add it all up, shipping and all of that. And yet the Mexican labor is twice as sophisticated as Chinese labor. So naturally we yeah. had a billionaire... Uh, shipping magnet on this show and he goes mexico is the place yep. to be yep. these these are the facts so karen when we're living in detroit and every dollar's precious and it's slipping away and everybody's renting and turning their socks inside out and the schools are fucking horrible and all these billionaires are, are manipulating everything the when that ambassador says to me Oh, it's great because the consumer gets a car for $1,000 less. But the stockholders and the CEOs and all these people, their profit and their stock prices go up. How does that benefit society writ large? We're in Detroit. It doesn't, Charlie. I mean, it doesn't. And you can look around and you can see how it doesn't benefit us. I mean, and that's the amazing thing that the disappointing thing is that people know that none of this is beneficial to us and that it's exploitative of the residents here. But people don't want to say that publicly. They don't want to be ridiculed or criticized as being the naysayer. But at the, every time one of these announcements are made, my phone is blowing up. I mean, people are they're, they're they, they know it's bad. And it's amazing that we just keep getting these announcements, you know, more money behind more money and you know, the quality of life for residents here continues to decline and everything is fine. One of our very smart uh, community members, you know, you know, there's, there, there is a core of really smart, connected people that clue us into things. She sent me a quotation from uh, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who said, socialism is for the rich and rugged individualism is for the poor. That's about it. It's corporate socialism. They pick in the winners and the losers. And and we're the losers. Now, Mark. Yes. A reporter did ask uh, th th this genius, <laughs> the White House press uh, secretary, yeah. who doesn't have a thought if it's not written in a book, Corinne Jean-Pierre. Sorry. It's just the most unimpressive. She's not very good. Press secretary. And there have been a lot of unimpressive press secretaries. Reporter asked her this. Why didn't President Biden want to see what's really going on at the border? He did see exactly what's going on at the border. He didn't talk to any migrants and he didn't go anywhere that people actually cross illegally. Why not? But he also, but he met, uh, he went to the, the Migrant Center, which was a, a critical, place, critical place to be. When you think about the partners uh, who, who are uh, our partners who are helping uh, support. Uh, the migrants on the ground there. Uh, there happened to be no migrants at the facility at the time that he visited. But let's, but let's. Because El Paso has been crushed. The shelters are full. There are overflow migrants sleeping in the streets. And then it's just a coincidence that suddenly the president shows up and. Well, let me talk about what's going on in El Paso, right? El Paso uh, did go down significantly prior to the president's visit. 
uh, by about 70%. And that's a good thing, Peter. That's a good thing that we, we've seen the, the numbers go down. And that is something that uh, we should be saying, okay, that's a good job there. Every time she stutters, she's lost her place where she's reading. You well, you know? can see her flip through her notes. Yeah, and then, then the she's looking for the seventy percent. So, so, Chris, why was the board? Why was <laughs> why was this overflow immigrant center had nobody in it? They bust everybody out. They bust everybody <laughs> out. So everything is, is isn't nice that a good thing? <laughs> yeah, Would they bust them to Honolulu? I feel so bad. That woman must have the highest stress levels of anybody on the face of this earth. You know, they, they hit her with stuff and she's not either she doesn't know, which I don't think she doesn't know. I guess she's just not allowed to say it. And, man, every time I see that poor woman, I, I feel bad for her because she's just getting hammered day in and day out. And she's not allowed to say anything. She must just just go home, just stressed out beyond belief. I'm but, yeah, they her. just I'm going to shout her from the top of the cinder block. Tell the truth. Yeah, right. The truth will fix things. Soylent Green is yeah. made out of people. <laughs> Unlikely. Chris, what's Yeah, up? so, but what's yeah, up? they just bust everybody out. They move it around, so, you know, we, we see it they all the time. Down we got the at. answer, bro. They bust them out. That's the vice president of the Border Patrol Union. He knows. Yeah, and, and then once he leaves, they'll bust them right back in. Well, that's what I was wondering. What What's El Paso like now? She claims there was a 70%, which just seems like a number. He told, he told yeah. you, like, the numbers went down. They're seeing them again. Give it a week. It'll be back. And by that, I remember when my old man brain fart. <laughs> Do you think this, we're going to let 30,000 people in, right? Do you think down all through the peninsula, all through the continents, that people are hearing, holy shit, Biden's letting people in. Do you think that's what, what's probably going to happen here? Oh, yeah. And whether or not they, they get the messaging the right way, they're just going to hear that people are getting there allowed to come in. And it just sets off a, a, a flood of humanity. I mean, you look at the numbers we're getting now. The numbers we're getting now are huge and it's going to get even worse. And it's not just a, a, a few countries full uh, filled with brown folks. I mean, they're coming from all around the globe. Uh, we see draft we're dodgers people, from Russia come. I don't want no draft dodger from Russia coming in yeah, here. We're seeing Russians, we're seeing Ukrainians, we're seeing Romanians, Polish, uh, Chinese, India, all of the stands, Pakistan, Uzbekistan, anything with a stand on it's coming. Everybody's coming. It, it's not just, you know, a couple brown folks from down south. No, that that's that's just uh not the case. So Mark, what 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 did get accomplished from that trip during the the summit with Biden and Trudeau and Obrador? Uh, the only accomplishment was basically finding uh, missing documents in Biden's part time office. <laughs> the only news it, coming out. What'd you guys come up with? Uh, First, I'd like to talk about the fucking top secret documents it was a, in my closet. It was a complete and utter failure. That because the, honestly, you watch the news. The only stories was that the dog and pony show, like Chris said, right? We all saw that. That was ridiculous. And now, oh, he pulled the Trump. He's got missing documents in this office at the university. Was the University of Delaware, Pennsylvania, where I can't University remember. of Pennsylvania. I came up with some bullshit uh, chair Center. for you to sit in. And here's yeah. a closet. You yeah. And now, man. and now his house. I mean, it was, it's a complete and now his house? embarrassment. And what's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. And, I've been uh, busy putting garage. the show together. There's like, a, he's in a house? Yeah, in his garage. In yeah. his garage. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. In his garage. And, and the frustrating thing is there's been a complete and utter flip from all the political talking heads. You have the Republicans when Trump was subpoenaed for his documents saying, this is nothing. Those documents aren't that important. 
And the Democrats are saying, we must investigate. And what do you know? Now it's the exact opposite where you have the Republicans saying, we must investigate. We're in charge of the House now. And yet the Democrats are like, eh, this, he wasn't subpoenaed. These are nothing. But nothing. knows what's in it. It's just an utter embarrassment. It's a nothing. Look, it's a nothing burger. It was like it was under Trump and he's got the special counsel. This is a nothing burger. Mm-hmm. Nixon erases 18 minutes to take. <laughs> Clinton's national security advisor is going to the, the National Archives and shoving documents in his socks and down his underpants and shit. Come on. Would you like to hear from our favorite uh, White House spokeswoman? Uh, what she has to say about it? Grey Jean-Pierre? That, that's the one. Why didn't he or someone in the White House inform the American people when these documents were discovered on November 2nd? Did it have anything to do, because people are asking this part of it, did it have anything to do with the fact that the election was just a few days away? Again, Ed, this is under review by the Department of Justice. It is literally under review right now. As we are, as we, as I as I am talking to you, it is under review. So I'm not going to uh, get beyond the process. I'm not going to get beyond what the president said. That is a page right out of every president's book, including Trump. Remember, my taxes are being audited. It's just a delay, delay, delay. What's interesting when you say that's a page out of something? She didn't look at any pages on that <laughs> for once, one. She was ready for that question. I'm not answering that. I mean, let like the process take, but. If I re- go ahead, Karen. That's okay. I was going to say, you know, piggybacking on Mark's point. I mean, how something is handled, something is responded to, should not be subjective. I mean, it should be a one-two-three approach to, it, regardless of who's in office, regardless of what it is. I mean, there should be a process by which these things are handled, and it's and it's not. I mean, it becomes subjective, and it becomes just a political. Uh, I don't want to say the word, but, you know, (laughs) (laughs) well, the cover up and the spin is almost worse than the crime, right? It's kind of insulting that it took. Am I the only one who's bored with this shit? What? Okay. uh, No, I'll give you that. I got nuclear secrets. They're not even nuclear secrets. Remember that Trump got nuclear secrets. They're not even nuclear secrets. Remember when George Bush, you're too young. (laughs) <laughs> Jesus, a baby Jesus bringing his apostles. We got Simon Peter over there drinking White Claw. I don't know what's going on here. Turn White Claw. But I remember when George Bush. Remember George Bush the second. George W. Remember W. W. said there's got they got some uh, nuclear. They got some nuclear armaments. And then the, I worked at the New York Times and oh, he said nuclear. Yeah. Oh, he said nuclear. And it became some shit. Yeah. And then he said, I'm the decider. <laughs> oh, George Bush is a moron. He's not edgy. Decider's a fucking word, by the way. <laughs> and I remember the wise ass that wrote it. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. We're broke is a joke. Crimes through the roof. We'll bring that to you. We got a new segment. I mean, and then, and then. The president can't say anything about himself, but the president could say something about the other president. Here's Sleepy Joe. You saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago. What did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen. How anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that I mean... Names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. <laughs> the irony. It's- well, I get right. Sleepy Joe and the big orange. I'm sorry. <laughs> Isn't there anything <laughs> else? That has to apply to him. Yeah. The irresponsibility is not 
selective or subjective. That's my point. I mean, if it's that's why we played it, Karen. I, that's I know, Charlie. But Karen, it doesn't it doesn't work that way when you have the esteemed uh, news media um, backing him up and making excuses from him. And by the esteemed news media, I mean the View. This one. <laughs> well, we all know that Trump is a liar and a thief. You know. <laughs> To say that he obstructed and he lied. We don't think that Biden is a liar and a thief, so we give him the benefit of the doubt. That's probably what's going on. It really goes to Chris's point, though, doesn't it? What? Too many talking heads. Well, I kind of... I get get that point. I get get that point. Mm -hmm. Now, now, Sleepy Joe, they found it. You kept it quiet. There's an election coming on. Like just sure, like they did. nursing home deaths. I haven't forgotten that. We're going to be back with that one. Oh, get ready for that one. But they realize Trump has some documents and he wants to dick around. Hey, give, give the nuclear secrets back. <laughs> right? There weren't any nuclear secrets, man. There was nothing in there. But why did he dick around and not give them back? Of course. Because he probably wanted to create some press for himself. All right, Sleepy mm-hmm. Joe, they come, they get him, they go look in the garage, they get him, and he's not fighting it. I, th- that part I get. Well, but holding on to him, you know, before the election, I mean, that's just, it's a I little, get, I it's get a little, I know, I know why I he did it, but, but no side is better than the other. It's the same. Hip, hip, um, okay, you're right. It just is. But the guy made a bigger show out of it, didn't, did he not? I mean. Trump? Yeah. Well, he had to be subpoenaed for it. I think he just didn't want to give him back because he wanted him. I, I mean, mean, I mean Trump, Trump throughout the whole thing never mentioned that this was going on. You know what I'm saying? I, I, what do I fucking care? Again, what are we really yeah. doing, Chris? You know what this is? It's just Deflection. distraction from yeah. the real man. I agree. It's it's just a, it's a whole bunch of I nonsense. And yeah, I think Trump should have gave that damn those damn papers back. Uh, you know, at least he knew where the hell they were, though. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> uh, I agree. Hey, uh, did you call my man? Like I'll call I, him now. Like I asked you. All right, hey. <laughs> we got to, let, let me let me uh, take a break here and tell you about uh, Legacy Partners. Everybody, you know, since they started really pushing their product and what they do, which is they shop for the best insurance for you. Yes. I. I I was listening to the uh, Drew and Mike podcast this morning. Oh. Guy call in on the boner yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raving about it. There's emails coming in. Small business. Bernie, you, yeah. me. That caller didn't believe us, so he challenged us and then called him and saved money. So. What'd he say? 1500 1500 is what he just, said, yeah. Just regular schmo Joe. Yep. Right? Not even a yep. small. Bernie saved tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, I saved at like 2000 to 2500 So I, mean, I was very happy with it. This is in a service, too. You guys are starting to make me think I'm missing out on something. Here. You are. We've been telling you this forever, Karen. I, I swear to God, Karen. I mean, you do me a favor. You call them. I'm going to give the number. 586-209-4106. 586-209-4106. And you know, I'm not going to... I'm not going to just sit here and make up stories and and pump this. This was awesome, and then I, yeah. I got I got a car, and you can't leave the lot without insurance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hey, Eric, can you do it? Boom, done. Yep, all there. Unbelievable. More coverage, less money. It's Legacy Partners. They help you with Medicare. Call them. That's all I can tell you. Got him. Yeah. 
Okay, now, Rick, you there, bro? I'm here. I'm here. Um, they got me feeling funny. Fuck it. You're, you know, you're, you're my acquaintance. Fuck these guys. This is what everybody knows as white boy Rick. Where's she on the line? What's up, brother? What are you doing tonight? Uh, hanging out, man. We're just hanging out a little bit. Just went to a special event at Louis Vuitton in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And uh, where were you last night, brother? Oh, uh, fishing in the Bahamas. It was amazing, man. What, what were you fishing for? Uh, everything. Wahoo. We caught some Wahoo. We uh, in another location. We caught a big bull shark. Uh, we caught some barracuda. My buddy today caught a huge sailfish. Why am I here? <laughs> Why am I? I know. Why didn't I do three decades in prison? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want that journey. But... I could be living large right no, now. You don't, you don't listen. You don't want it. People always say I have it so good, but they don't want to go through what I went through. So I don't know how good I have. Yeah. That's it. You know, so I I wanted you to call in uh, and I want to stop it at that. That's the thing that that's the root of what something you and I are going to do. We want to announce it together here that Saturday, March 18th, special show called White Boy Rick, The Real Story, Me and You together on a stage with video the whole nine no holds barred it'll be at andiamo's celebrity showroom in warren michigan tickets go between 25 and 59 dollars and you can get them at andiamoshowroom.com so you're in i'm in i'm in too i'm man. in i'm looking forward to it i appreciate you i appreciate joe vacari for giving me the opportunity how did this even come and, about? And, how, how, and everybody else over there. Who came up with this idea, me and you? Because I like the idea. Uh, a guy that works for Joe by the name of Eric actually came up with it. And, and uh, they talked a little bit and they thought, you know, you would be a good match as a moderator. And, and me and you met and we hit it off. And, you know, I think it'll be a special thing. I think it'll be a great evening. And I think people will be very intrigued. Yeah, I've been doing I've been doing a lot of reading on you, man. So you and I are gonna get together and talk about your life. So I know what I'm talking about. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. Some true, some not true, some half truths. Mostly, mostly not true. Let's okay. be real. Mostly not true. The movie was fake. You know, mo mostly not true. We won't go into all that. We'll make them. We'll make them show up that night, and we'll give them the truth. You mean the one with um, uh, what, what's his name, man? See, there's my old ass. Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, I saw him one time at Lucy's Restaurant, Mexican restaurant, across from Paramount uh, Movie Studios in, in L.A., and he was putting Rogaine in his hair. Right right there, everybody having cocktails, he's putting <laughs> Rogaine in his hair. And then I... I uh, Listen, very nice guy. He, he visited me while I was in prison. Very nice guy. Can't say anything about him. You know, the, the, the people that made the movie, I, I just, I think they took away from... You know, a friend of mine and me worked very hard on a script, Scott Silver, who's now the biggest writer in Hollywood. And, you know, we worked very hard together. We became super close. He's like family to me now. He wrote The New Joker. He's presently filming The New Joker. He wrote Eight Mile. He wrote The Fighter. And I think that it could have been so much better if they would have just listened to us. But Have you seen the movie? Well, I, I think I would want to listen to the guy whose life it's about. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like, yeah. you know. Number one thing in writing is you listen to the guy who, who you're actually writing about, right? Have you seen the movie? Yeah. I've never watched the movie. I don't have any plans to watch it. Okay, um, listen, spoiler, spoiler alert. 
you go to prison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, man. Um, so I'll, I'll look for you soon. All right. I'm really looking forward to this. It's going to be a great thing. It's the real story. With yeah, it'll the, be a great evening. It'll yeah. be a great evening. And, and like I said, Eric, Joe, thank you. I mean, it, it's a, it'll be a good evening, man. And, and it's a good opportunity. And we'll see where things go. All right, brother. Uh, back to Louis Vuitton uh, Schwag Fest. <laughs> there you go. Be safe tonight. Thanks, Rick. All right. Thank you, you guys. I appreciate you. Have a good night. You too, man. Wow. It's so, Charlie, do, do Mark and I get to come? Do we get to have dinner and sit there and watch? We got to buy tickets. I mean, how do we get left out of everything? <clears throat> yeah, you get to come. 25 to $59 <laughs> on the com. March 18th, right? Got a nice place for you right next to the kitchen, Ken. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, never. Okay. Oh, nothing but class. Too far, Charlie. Oh, you mean yeah, too soon? That's too far. Mark, we'll take care of it. Uh, yeah, Mark, we, that's yeah, we, I, we will. We will all go to. Well, you, 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 you little people will be sitting down there. And, <laughs> I'll, I'll be in the kitchen. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping we can get to some, some real things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff he hasn't been asked before. More stories. Yeah, I mean, he's full of them. Just some, some deep things. You know, I mean, buy the book, watch the documentaries, deeper things. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'm not a real big historian on. Rick, I mean, I know the story, right? Mm -hmm. he's, he's one of the top 50 crime stories in the United States in the last century, right? There's no doubt about that. Yep. But you know that. Yep. The human being. Yep. That if you want me in, that's, and yeah, we did hit it off. He's, I, I think I said it on previous program. What do you, I don't know, guy dropped out in eighth grade. He goes to prison at 17. He spends 33 years. Or what? He's super fucking bright. He's yeah. really smart man. Yeah. I was impressed with him. And he got royally screwed. Well, we'll see about I that. Think he did. And not everybody believes that. I know. So that's part of the evening. It's going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. That I promise you. And Are you guys recording this for any other use, Charlie? Or is this just, a, I mean, certainly there's value in the conversation, I'm sure. I'm waiting for my lawyers to come back with the negotiations. I have not signed any contracts, but uh, I, I would hope so. I, I would help. And finally, you know, I want to let former President Trump and current President Biden know, listen, if you're having trouble with documents <laughs> and you don't know how to order them or keep them stored, store, you know, yeah. you don't know how to digitize them, <laughs> right? Yeah. Call XG Service Group. <laughs> I mean, they are the whiz in everything technology. Very good at security. They're good at security. They're they're good at uh, encrypted. Yep. Internet, right? Yep. Ethernet. They they do it all. Anything, yeah. Uh, voice over IP. You got restaurants. They 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 can do the security. They can do the cameras. The all cameras. Of it. Yeah. What's that? Thing? The order cameras board. All of yeah, it. that no existed. <laughs> I mean, they're huge. Yeah, the drive-through board that uh, spies on Karen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, uh, Madam uh, Jean Pierre, <laughs> you might refer the president to Matt Yaskovitz <laughs> at XC Service uh, Service Group at seven three four two four five forty one hundred. Get yourself secure. Get it done. I agree. Thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, you still with us, Chris? You want to hang for our yeah. new segment? Actually, I got to get going right now, man. I got to go pick up my boy. 
Yeah, I think you swallowed your tobacco too. So do what you got to <laughs> do. No, it's right here. Look. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for the work you do, brother. Yeah, All right. Always. Thanks for having me, guys. It was good okay. talking to y'all. Thanks, Chris. He's such a good dude. Okay, so Karen. Wait, you, tickets for this is Andiamos because people are asking on Facebook. What are, do you know? What is it? Just Andiamos dot com or? Yeah, I'll spell it. Andiamo. A N D I A M O S showroom.com a-n-d-i-a-m-o-s-s-h-o-w-r-o-o-m.com get in there now it's going to it's going to sell out it will sell out yeah yeah Uh uh-huh yep cool okay thank you all right now we got a new segment what's it called mark uh what's bullshit in the news what's bullshit in the news No BS News Hour presents What's Bullshit in the News? <laughs> Karen, did you like that? No, I did not. That's what? Okay. I had you in mind when I put oh. it together. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. But there's so much of it, Karen. <laughs> what children? I think I need a handy weight. <laughs> a sponge? <laughs> oh, God, don't use that, that back there. Clorox white. Sorry, Karen. Hold on a minute. Okay. <laughs> All right, here's what's bullshit in the news. Last week, we told you Jamie Dimon of J.P. Morgan Chase decided to bring his corrupt company, who, by the way, just had to announce today, yes, <laughs> this multi-million dollar website they designed to help you kids with the college loans. It's a fraud, and they shut it down. All right. What a joke. What a joke. <laughs> Bullshit. All right, so we showed you last week that Jamie Dimon, the banker to Bernie Madoff, the biggest Ponzi scheme guy in the world, comes to Detroit to make nice, goes on 60 Minutes, and bullshits us. Mm-hmm. Said, we're going to redo a whole neighborhood. Let's cut the Detroit Reddies in the neighborhood. Are you there, Red? That's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I'm in the neighborhood. If he redeveloped this neighborhood, then I'm fucking Millie Vanilli and I can really sing all them songs we put out. Now, J.P. Morgan Chase said they were going to put millions into doing the North End and uh, Red happens to be at the most famous house in the North End. What is that broken down piece of shit behind you, Red? That is the famous Gilcrest house. Which Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilcrest house. Yes, it is. It's been through more hands than a Woodward Hooker has been through John's. <laughs> and it still looks like shit. As so. you can see, it's lovely. It's surrounded by a partial gate that don't even keep the fucking people out. And by the way, it's not even legal. They were supposed to take that down yeah. years ago. So let me see. J.P. Morgan's going to come in. Duggan's talking about redeveloping a neighborhood. The now lieutenant governor buys a little piece in there and he's going to fix it up, but he doesn't fix it up. And then he gets caught when he becomes governor, sells it to a speculator LLC that nobody ever heard of. He hasn't fixed it up. And yet there's some J.P. Morgan Chase money coming through there. I smell a rat. 
You know what I smell? Hey, they call this, they should rename this, not the north yeah. end, the left end. That's what they should rename this, the left out end, because there ain't no money over here. I don't see shit. So I can't even find a 10 cent bottle to return. So you're, 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 you've been busting around the neighborhood for a couple of days. Have we seen, I mean, this is a site of a lot of contention in this city about developers, connected people, to the emergency manager, to the mayor, Jamie Dimon. Do you see the promised development, Red? Uh, no. I see a couple of sprinkled pieces of square concrete box bullshit, and that's about it. They don't even fit over here. Look at rest that. of this is empty lands and still abandoned houses. How Just like I'm, this beautiful house behind me. How does the <laughs> lieutenant governor buy that house for $13,000 and sell it for $200,000 and it has no walls? Connections. Now, Karen, crack reporter Karen, Karen who basically used to rough ride the city bureaucracy and doing what was right. Karen, we asked you to find out Where's this magical pool of $200 million in J.P. Morgan Chase money gone? Because we'd like to continue with what we started. What did we find, Karen? Where is this money? Interestingly, Charlie, nobody seems to know. I mean, and, th and that was both. <laughs> what? I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, because I, you know, reached out to several people who one uh, should have known initially in terms of, you know, the commitment and the allocation of that commitment as well as monitoring um, where it would have been or where it should be. And nobody knows. Nobody, either they don't know for real and don't want to say, but I've had, I had a couple, I did get a couple, have a couple conversations and they don't know. They are like, wow. that's a good question. Whatever so, happened to it? So without revealing sources too closely, I'm going to say you talk to politicos, mm -hmm. you talk to developer types, you, the people that would know. Exactly. And then, yeah, we're treated to like the biggest fraudulent bank in the history of the world. Get 60 minutes to come in here. The mayor's doing a blowjob. Mm -hmm. Hey, everybody in 2019, look what we've been doing. And Red's out. Cut to Red. <laughs> oh! <laughs> said, oh! This got less windows than the last time I saw it. Look, I went one step further and asked somebody who was very close to the ground over here in the North End. He's a vet named Willie who sleeps in one of the empty lots that's supposed to be redeveloped. And he said he don't know where the money went either. Mm. And again, I, I, I love it. Like, Willie knows. No, hey, that Red's, <laughs> Mark's laughing. We got Willie the homeless guy. Well, Willie's like, there ain't no fucking cranes well, he, in here. He hasn't seen anybody come by. Willie uh, knows everything. Yeah, he's I the mean, man on the street. La laugh at the reporting, but look. No, I was yeah, laughing at it. I wanted to see Willie. Let's do the totality here. We get a big blowjob. Yeah. Karen can find it if it's there. Can't yep. find it. Red goes to the neighborhood. It's not what was promised. Willie the homeless guy. They're not a fucking crane coming in here. There's a couple of cracker house boxes. Where's this $4.5 million for this block alone? Yeah. It's the it's lieutenant big, governor. You understand? You understand where you're living, people? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. The bigger thing, Charlie, is that after the announcement, does anybody pay attention to what happens thereafter? We cut the ribbon and then what? Like, where is the oversight? Where's the accountability? Like, somebody has to know. And these are people that should have known and who should know. And it was almost as if, oh, wow, I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. You're right. Let me see. 
Let's do the next one. Play it again. What's bullshit? Play that for me again, Mark. I love that. What's bullshit in the news? The No BS News Hour presents What's Bullshit in the News? All right, here's what's bullshit in the news. Chris Illich, the deadbeat hockey and baseball owner, the one that soaked us for that hockey arena where he didn't produce the jobs, he didn't doesn't share revenue, and he didn't build a motherfucking thing around it like he said. Remember? Yep. He promised us a whole city within a city. All right, well, he didn't do it. Well, now he's going to do it. So he's down with Stephen Ross, the big developer that went to the University of Michigan. Right, mm-hmm. and they're gonna finish it now. Oh. Ex- uh, one point five billion dollar expansion, except we get to pay them nine hundred million dollars to do it. I did the work. Here's the deal. Yeah, what do you mean? Explain that. Okay, one hundred million dollars came from the COVID money that Joe sent here that we fake printed. One hundred million dollars, the state legislature just gave to them to build the innovation center, mm-hmm. University of Michigan. Now there's eight hundred million more. $616 million in a brown, listen to this people, brownfield redevelopment, cash, the state, legislature put together. That's a fucking check for $616 million. Cash. It's the same thing that went on with the skyscraper. Yeah. We gave them a billion dollars, no clawback, no guarantees. Not a, ta- not a tax break. Pocketed cash. Cash. The t- 113 million comes in tax breaks, no property tax. I you, tell you, you, you can't lose on You this give money. me cash to do something and you're to give it to me, I don't know if I'm going to fulfill every single part of the contract. And if we look at the skyscraper or the queue line or the book exactly. Cadillac or the book tower, it's never written in there. Now, That's... all the people in my neighborhood are like, I'll take that any day of the week. What was sitting there before was nothing. So whatever I can do to make jobs, I'll tell you what, dude, this ain't going to make a nickel of revenue for the city. At least when it was a parking lot, it got taxed. Mm-hmm. We made more on a parking lot than on this, woo, new city within the city. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, city, Where is it? <laughs> the city's emptying out because nobody wants fucking office space anymore. I got an idea. Let's build more office space. Better yet, you build more office space. So the people in my neighborhood, they're the ones that build the office space. Or they're the lawyers that draw the contracts for the office space. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Or they're the judges that rely on this bull. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in a place like they're good people, man, and you know you're living evil. You know, this doesn't make any economic sense because when you don't do property taxes, it comes out of the schools. Property taxes go to schools. And Karen, what did we learn about the schools in Michigan this week? Well, Charlie, the state, uh, the 2023 State of Michigan Education Report uh, reflected that Michigan fell to 43rd in fourth grade reading, down from 32nd in 2019. But let's also note that Michigan ranks as the 11th worst state in fourth grade reading, far below the national average. uh, And we are also behind in other states in eighth grade reading math. So we're failing. The whole state, too. That's not a Detroit thing. That's the whole state, no, right? No, it's not a Detroit. This is a state thing. Yeah. But Detroit you know, hurts just, harder, though. Yeah. Detroit does. Okay. I can't help but imagine that from, a, from, an, from an urban center in the largest city in the state that we're taking the hardest hit. But what we're doing so. is preparing or our, our children for failure. Yep. I mean, this is that systemic challenge that continues to place uh, a, a, a segment of, the, of, of our population 
at a disadvantage. Correct me if I'm wrong, Karen. We fell the hardest, according to this report, right? We felt Michigan fell the hardest. And yes. the report, if I'm, I casually read it, mm -hmm. shows that a lot of this collapse has to do with the lockdown policies in this state. That was one of the main reasons, very heavy lockdown pause. We fell the hardest. It's not forgotten. Those nursing home people are still dead. You didn't count them. This was cataclysm. Sorry. It's not bullshit. Give it to me, Mark. We've been telling the truth. This is a sin. I don't got no rich people. Even if I had rich people, I wouldn't live like this. It's unbelievable. Let me, let me tell you something about the skyscraper that's not getting built. We told you years ago, it's not getting built. It's, it's going to be a liquor store with chrome on it and a gas station where they check your oil in and wear a bib and a, and a hat. It's like an American Coney Island. It pays its own way. There was a skyscraper, Four Seasons, in Nashville. I'm just going to give you the timeline. Thanks to one of our very dear and important listeners. And um, if you've got any art, any journalism, any music, and you want to be part of this program, we're happy to have you. Go to the website, contact us. I'm not sure where. You'll figure it out. It's on there. Yeah, yep. you'll figure mm -hmm. it out. Four Seasons Nashville, March 2019. The developer purchased the land for $35 million. We gave that to Gilbert for a buck. Wow. April of 2019. They got $360 million in financing. Gilbert never got financing, but he did get the check out of our pockets that we don't get back. Mm. June 2019, groundbreaking, 40 floors, luxury hotel and residences. January 9, 2020, pre-sales of the residences are announced. February 2022, $300 million in pre-sales of residence. Nothing here. They, they're not even, there's not even a sign up there. Hey, man, we're building fucking condos. Not one. I got a friend, another listener. She went to the website and put her name in. Hmm. I'm curious about a condo. Hammer her back. What's that tell you? Well, there's no hurry. <laughs> let's cut to red out there. <laughs> All right, let's, let's cut away from red. <laughs> that was a great shot of red <laughs> of one of his chins yeah, a, yeah. and then a look up his nose <laughs> okay in November of 2022 the hotel and residences opened they built it through COVID. So this, co oh, we're delayed by COVID is bullshit. <laughs> Three and a half years during COVID, they could build it and open it and get people in there. They built wow. the, the, the Circa Casino in Vegas yeah. during COVID. This is, this is bullshit. We had the skyscraper well, specialist. We, I remember him. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, come on. I don't know what we got to do for you people. Okay. And I finally. I'll tell you though, we knew that was bullshit, but that really puts it into perspective when you look at another but city. But that's becoming an excuse for everything. That And now that's going to become. COVID, yeah. Um, you, exactly. That's going to become the reason why we have a whole generation of undereducated students. Oh, it was COVID. COVID can't be the excuse and the reason for everything that did not happen over the past three years. It just can't. And let's go to Stephen Ross. Let's go to Stephen Ross, who's going to be with Illich, building this new bullshit for Illich that we get to pay for. Stephen Ross, 
got busted big time. He donated $3 million of property to the University of Michigan and then went on his taxes and claimed it was worth $33 million. Michigan never looked into it. Ross never looked into it. But the IRS looked into it, and that mm -hmm. motherfucker got paid. Mm -hmm. According to ProPublica, they got all the rich people's tax returns. In the decade after the Great Recession, the collapse, Stephen Ross... Personal revenue, he claimed $1.5 billion on his taxes and claimed $2.5 billion in losses. Wow. How does one do that? I'll tell you, it's, it's all legal. You build a skyscraper, okay? The skyscraper could double in value. That doesn't matter. According to tax law, like Trump, mm -hmm. you're allowed to depreciate that building, even if it's appreciating, It's right? It's called depreciation. Yep. Yep. So... Uh, let's call it 10% a year in depreciation. It's a billion dollars. You get to, off the top, claim $100 million in losses a year against your taxes. If you actually really truly lost, you get to bank the loss. So next year, we'll when, move you, forward, yeah. when you claim right, yeah. your $100 million the next year, you can claim $200 because you didn't use it. Yeah. And this is the hustle. So we're going to pay 60% of this shit. You already won. And then what did Mike Duggan say about we got that clip? Mike Duggan, oh, yeah. Mike Duggan. Oh, all you asshole reporters. Oh, we go to back and all, we go to the uh, regional chamber, uh, you know, midwinter festival, and we all stand around, and I'm so important, <laughs> and it's going to be great. Here's what the mayor said. <laughs> you came down to Detroit 12, 13 years ago on a Saturday morning. There was nobody. Right. There was nobody last Saturday. Uh, downtown, and now to see what we have nights and weekends, uh, we have Dan Gilbert, who did such a remarkable thing, filling up those buildings, and folks like the Roxbury Group, who, right. who filled up a couple of buildings, and, a, and some others who had, had done it, and now we've hit the point where there's cranes. Right. And, uh, <laughs> Looks amazing. Uh, and you got, yeah, and, and Stephen Ross, the biggest developer in the country, if you haven't seen Hudson Yards, it is... Uh, you can't even imagine somebody thinks that big. He's here in Detroit saying, I'm going to build 10 buildings with a billion and a half dollars and a million square feet. Uh, these are the kinds of conversations that have gone on in Chicago and L.A., but been a long time since they've gone on in Detroit. Wow. <laughs> Detroit so Stephen, Stephen's going to build all this, and all the empty shit's going to fill up after yeah, Stephen builds right. it. 1.5, I just read you in Nashville. No, Mike, it don't go that way. They didn't do it in New York. They don't do it in L.A. It's a goddamn giveaway. Yeah. And we don't got the money. Because the Mustang Maki <laughs> is going to Hermosa, Mexico. Mm -hmm. But Wait that conference up. set up everything for the announcement that followed in terms of the split tax credits and, and, the, and the whole nine yards of rolling out the money to finance all these developments. They, you know, they, they kept talking, oh, you know, inclusion. And, you know, I understand it, it's, it's, a, it's a cheerleading session. It's a, to tell you about all the good things that are going on. But it was a black cool, people in a very a, poor black town. That's true. It's, buy, it's buying black. people. Don't trust your leaders. Yeah. They're, they're, well, they're in it for it, them, it, not it, you. And, and that, I had that conversation with somebody today. They asked me, they said, do you think, and this, they said, do you think Mike Duggan cares about the people in this city? Do you think he cares about black people? I said, honestly, I said, no, I do not. And I don't. Could I jump in there? I could sure. give two fucks if he does or not. I count the money. 
the I money understand. like that affects people's lives your babies That's and how they learn you don't your leader don't have to like you he's got to do right by you yeah yeah but well, he's got to care enough to do right charlie the oh thing my about God, it is you're if, not you kidding. Care, if you don't care then it's easy for you to exploit it's easy for you to redirect or misdirect so yeah you do have to care but if you don't okay, care, fair. then you do that. Fair. That's fair. I mean, I just, uh, uh, there's lots of cranes. There's cranes everywhere. You get to depreciate it. We had James Holman from the Mackinac Center for Public Policy, think tank, nonpartisan, tell you. Y'all remember, you see how we're building all this? Nobody gives away cash like Michigan. And here's a piece of breaking news. Don't worry about the breaking news. I've got the invitation. I don't have it confirmed because it's no bullshit news. Governor Gretchen Whitmer is going to Davos. Mm, oh, really? Little world leader. Oh, well, that's a nice little shit. Would you waltz yeah. around this state? Yeah, see mm. how much money she brings back. Mm, mm, mm. Rich chick. They're all rich. Every, every judge Us. comes from the name of a family with a yeah. name. Yeah, and a lot of times it's for... You know, Duggan's daughter's working for J.P. Morgan Chase now, huh? Davos is supposed to be uh, for uh, to find investment, Duggan's right? son is in uh, Washington now with a security clearance. <laughs> uh. I, I wonder the money she's trying to raise, if it's going to be for the state or if it's going to be for some kind of campaign. I don't know. Maybe she's just there to make... Uh, Switzerland's nice this time of year, man. I'm just going to, you've been to Switzerland? I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In Needle Park. She's also leading at the World Economic Forum while she's there. Let's not let that fall by the wayside. That's right. That's what she's doing. Hmm. Mark, Mark was at Zurich shooting heroin at Needle Park. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> they have. Uh... Well, he got accused of it. I mean, he said, Je dormais, je ne peux pas français. I'm a narcoleptic. Pretty close. That's yeah. why I was narcoleptic. <laughs> Too much heroin. That's what I heard. That's what someone told me. Oh, uh, we're gonna have Chris Cuomo on the show. He's coming on the show, and so is Sam Quinones, the, the the best nonfiction book I've read in the history of my life, called Dreamland: mm -hmm. How Opioids and Heroin Infected This Country. So I'm really excited about that. It's it's a top notch. Well, I've told you before, no story pisses me off more than how OxyContin took over and the opioid. Save your outrage yeah. for next no, week. Let me, let me get out with what more Flint Fire Chief Ray Barton, friend of the show, filed a whistleblower lawsuit after being fired for refusing to cover up the death of two boys in a house fire back in May in Flint. He says he claims he refused to lie for the mayor during an election year that two firefighters did not do their duty properly and search the home leading to the death of the boys. He's asking for 10 million. And I'm glad that we could be a part of that and made that a national issue. Mm -hmm. Let's look hard into that because that's the week in bullshit news. <laughs> I got a parking ticket. <laughs> That's bullshit. It's the only fucking department that works in this city. <laughs> Nothing else works. Yeah. I got this one. Detroit had 308 homicides last year. I got the number. I shook it out of the tree. There's another 37 homicides. They're not counting because they're calling them self-defense. Going to give you a frame of reference. Last year in America total. 310 homicides were reported across America in the name of self-defense. And yet somehow we've got 12% of all 
self-defense homicide. Uh, must be a loose, not telling you. loose definition of I self-defense. A, I don't got a lot of faith. The police are going to show up. Kablam, kablam. Never mind that. Be happy. See you Monday for the No Bullshit Lunch Hour.